May the 4th be with you, and welcome back to the Wanna Be Jedi podcast. As I said it, it's May the 4th, and we're excited. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. Welcome back, everyone. It is an exciting day for all. There is so much great Star Wars content out today, and we appreciate you guys listening in. As you guys all know, there's like a million things Star Wars related, so we appreciate it. Yes. (laughs) And also... (laughs) Also, our other uh, our special on the last episode of uh, Clone Wars. Yes, we're when you're listening to this right now, we're probably recording that special. Or if you're listening to us later, then you can go and listen to it right after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but today and for May the Fourth, with our special extravaganza, it is R two D two, probably the most beloved character in all of Star Wars. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, him and his counterpart, C-3PO, as well. You think C-3PO is loved? I think a lot of people actually don't think <sighs> C-3PO is kind of annoying. I like. An- I love him. I like Anthony Daniels. He's a great guy. He's a great guy, so that's why I like him. I, I think his character is designed to be annoying, but everyone loves him because Anthony Daniels is such a loved Star Wars fan. Yeah, who's just reading books to children? I just watched that on... <laughs> oh, on uh, Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I saw that too. Before we start talking about everything R2-D2 is in, because it's literally basically everything, we asked you guys, the community, to submit some questions to us so we would answer a few um, to go along with this special. And this is something that we've been wanting to do for a bit, so we're excited to hear from you guys and have you guys interact with the podcast. So our very first question we have okay. is, how many different tools does R2 have? And that is submitted by Juan. Okay, so what I did, when I looked up a couple videos and a couple uh, schematics of R2. So I found a lot of different answers with that question. So um, the main tools that we see in the movies is probably about 15 to 17 it depends on how you categorize it but a lot of them are repeats a lot of them are like different zappers that are on the top of his head instead of on his body and a lot of them are like grappling hooks on another part like on the top or on the bottom um but looking at the r2 schematic he has about 62 different parts so that's a lot of different tools that he can use not, they might be external tools. They might be internal tools, like there's a power source that uh, Luke plugs uh, his lamp into uh, in Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. So what we're going to do is I'm going to talk about my probably five to seven top uh, <laughs> <laughs> tools that he uses. Um, so, Matt, you ready? <laughs> yep, I'm ready. Hit us. So the first one is the universal computer interface arm. I mean, that's just widespread. It gets them, uh, all the heroes, Anakin, Luke, uh, Obi-Wan, anybody who's using it, even him and C-3PO. Anytime they need to plug into a computer, that's just that basic arm that goes in and turns the uh, interface to uh, open up doors, close doors, get rid of ray shields. Uh, go on up, up and down, or letting the elevator go up and down. So I really like that one. Um, Matt, how do you feel for as a top one? Um, I I do I, I agree with you. I think that that's probably his strongest, most versatile, most useful one. Obviously, we see that that's basically how he saves the day. Probably, I'd say like eight out of ten times. Yeah. Um. So I I agree with that assessment. 
Well, our next one is a fan favorite of mine because I do love Luke's second lightsaber, his uh, episode six, Return of the Jedi lightsaber, the green one. I have a replica upstairs in my bedroom, um, green and all. So I like his launch system. So it actually, fun fact, that launch system that you see when he's on uh, Jabba's barge is actually a lot. It's originally a system for flares. He's he's able to shoot flares out the top of his head. <laughs> Wait, why would he need to shoot? Well, hold on. What would you shoot the? If he's an astromech, that means he's designed to be in space. What good is shooting out a flare in space? I mean, I don't know if it's <laughs> it's the type of flares for like inbound missiles. You know, as we see in. Okay, okay, that that could be something. Yeah, I, I, but I'm not I sure. thought it was like an emergency flare. I'm thinking like an emergency <laughs> flare. And it's like let's shoot that up in space where everyone will see. It's like no one's probably around you if you have to shoot up a flare. I, I don't know what the <laughs> what the purpose was, but I know they Luke modified it uh, later, um, right before he was went to uh, Jabba's palace and Jabba's barge to fit his lightsaber in there. So I like that. That was that's my little my uh, geek moment. Um, another couple ones that I really like was the periscope. I think when, whenever they use it in the films or in the cartoons, uh, it's in place. It's supposed to be like a comedic moment. He's like R2's having a little bit of fun, like when he's underwater until he gets uh, swallowed by a big <laughs> eel. And then yeah. uh, I have a question about that. Yeah. So does that mean that R2 is waterproof? And like, how does that work? If it, he's opening up like his innards basically to make room for that periscope to shoot up. How does the rest of his like body not get wet and like <laughs> caught? First off, I'm sure he's a, he's got to be rusty. The inside of R2 is probably super <laughs> rusty. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, we see an empire that R2 when when Luke's like trying to clean him off, he opens up like a flap and like a bunch of just uh, <laughs> water mud. and mud and yeah. uh, swamp water just comes out. So, I don't know. I don't know what the inside of R two. <laughs> I wouldn't want to know. But maybe maybe we should ask uh, ask some of the designers, the concept designers, to to ask how <laughs> how he ventilates water out to keep his uh, rusty innards from becoming rusty. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, keep going on. Okay. List like one or two more. Okay. Um, I got. I'm just gonna like list off. So he's got like a saw blade. He's got a life scanner. He's got the hologram projector. I think that that one we should just talk about. And then, actually, I got two we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the hologram projector, and then the last one I'm going to save for for when we're going to discuss. Is that the is that the obscure one that I'm going to be like, what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, okay, okay, okay. So, the, so let's talk about the hologram. So the hologram projector is the most memorable device probably in Star Wars, I think, um, for R2. You know, because when he pops out Leia and then to Luke and eventually to Obi-Wan, I think that's just a known scene throughout Star Wars, right? Yeah, it, it's iconic. It is. It is like one of the first scenes, of, other than the first time we meet him, which I want to talk about in a little bit. That is like one of the first scenes in A New Hope in the original Star Wars that you're just like, it kind of almost feels like home. You hear Leia say, "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope," and it's because R two's projecting it. And it's just, ugh. The feels. And even in uh, The Last Jedi, when R2, when R2 portrays it to Luke when he's oh, older, yes. and he's like, that was a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. Um, I know that a lot of people aren't a huge fan of Last Jedi, but I really, I, it's my favorite from the sequels. And that scene, I, oh, that, some people thought, like, it, some people thought that that missed, that missed the mark. I thought that that was 
perfect. Yeah, I think it got Luke to finally say, okay, hey, I'll train Ray with three different le- lessons. Like, it kind of sparked something. And, of course... It sparked the rebellion or the resistance or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you ready for the, the next one? Yes, let's do okay, it. Okay, so a lot of people... I've been like I said, I watch these videos and the you know talk to different people, and they have a mixed feeling about the next item, which is the Brooks Propulsion Booster Turbines, which are the little boosters, jetpacks. The little yeah, the jetpacks on his on his legs that eventually mm-hmm. in episode three they burn down to uh, B two battle droids or super battle droids. Oh yes, that was comedic relief that missed the mark for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but. I don't think it bothers me that they removed it because that's like the explanation behind it. Correct is that they removed it. Um, I think so. From, I'm not sure. System. I don't understand the reasoning why, but I mean, truthfully, and everyone knows this, they just don't want it to be headcanon, is that they didn't have the CGI capability to add in boosters like that back in 1977. Mm-hmm. And so then when they add it in Revenge of the Sith and, and Attack of the Clones, it's just they had better CGI. Yeah. It's always memorable with the boosters, at least when I'm playing uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete saga <laughs> or uh, the Clone we Wars. We need it a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, you actually, yeah, with those boosters, you can go actually pretty far with an R2 or a uh, R-series droid. Oh, man, dude, the most awkward thing is when you're doing some of those missions when you need to go and fly across and then you're just like an inch too short you just plummet down and just you hear the r2 scream (laughs) oh yes i i am hearing this sound exactly in my mind right now (laughs) i i bet all the listeners out there are hearing that sound as you fall straight down very true very true but those are those are the ones i mean you probably have other tools out there that you um that are more memorable than what was on my list but again he has about 62 different tools that he has in his his toolbox as we teachers say sometimes <laughs> <laughs> the one the one that you didn't mention that i think is also really cool was the smoke generator slash yes fire extinguisher i think that they were probably this one and the same yeah i like to think that they were i think that that's a really helpful tool as well um, yeah, definitely on uh, Bespin. Yes, Bespin it helped mask the escape. I mean, granted, it was stormtroopers that were going to get away anyway. They're terrible shots. Yeah. But <laughs> I thought that was very helpful. So anyway, that wraps yes. up uh, different tools. So thank you, Juan, for submitting that question. So our next question is from David, who asked, what is R2's language structure? And while we don't have an exact name of the language... It is worth noting that it's very similar to uh, Basic in the Star Wars universe, which is just human. Um, you can tell from their different beeps and whistles that R2 has that he has different inflection points. And actually, you can tell that he feels emotions similar to humans. So while we don't have anything on the actual language structure, um, mm-hmm. or actual language on what the name is, the structure is very similar to humans and Basic English. The only thing yeah. is that I don't believe that there's any contractions. I I could not, when I was trying to listen to it a little bit, I could not find it where <laughs> it sounded like he would have said, like, can't instead of cannot. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't notice anything like that. So I'm going to say no contractions. That is the only rule we have. Yeah. I thought I heard somewhere that it was like a simple binary or something like that. But that could be for another droid, either um, like a box droid or something like that. Which would make um, sense. I mean, it is it is a computer. 
you know, yes. R2 is a computer. <laughs> so I guess that would make sense. Um, but it, it hasn't been confirmed on the Wikipedia or any of the other official sites. Did you know, while we're on the topic of, you know, him talking, did you know there's rumors out there that say that, you know, the opening crawl for Star Wars mm-hmm. in any movie? Yeah. Some people say that that crawl is narrated by R2-D2. That is... Uh, actually, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm actually thinking about that right now. I did not hear that before. That is... I don't hate it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense, but it's just a fun little... It's it's just kind of fun. I mean, yeah. like, it... When now, because of Clone Wars, I think of the opening crawl as, like, Admiral Ularen speaking. Because, you know, like, when he, like, yeah, replays it. Clone so now I, read that in, <laughs> I replay that as Admiral Ularen in our, um, like, when I'm watching the movies. I, I replay the crawl as Admiral Ularen, which is just, uh, I don't know, it's like a fun little tie-in. But I there's nothing confirmed about that. That's just all rumors. It, it's, just, it's just a fun fact. Um, the next question, which I think, Okay. Josh, you don't know about this because this was asked on Twitter and you don't you don't look at the Twit. I don't I do not look at the Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this is asked by Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast, and they ask, What is R2's biggest hero moment? Josh, start us off with what you think his biggest hero moment is. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I'm I'm watching the face oh. cam. I watched that reaction. That was gold. Um I'm putting you on the spot. Oh my gosh. Probably, oh, I know what it is. Okay, ready? It yep, is, it. <laughs> it's in the Clone Wars. It's with the evil R2, or R3 unit that mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Anakin gets when he loses R2 in a battle. And it ends up where a junk trader takes R2 and tries to sell him to General Grievous. And then it ends up that the R3 unit that they have is actually like a... a spy for Grievous. So at the end of the episode, um it's kind of like one of those moments where like you're the bad guys holding on to like your leg or your arm and <laughs> what happens is so our that Arthur unit is like hanging by one of R2's cables or uh actually it's reverse. The suction cup hits R2 and then R3 is just floating in the distance. The the wind's picking him up about to fall to the planet and then r2's got like the high ground you could say and then r2 takes out his saw blade <laughs> cuts off the the uh the suction cup and He's then r3 goes bye bye and then he actually gets hit by something and then his yeah so r2 is definitely a savage and i think that was a good moment for him and a good moment within clone wars um for like helping the heroes i mean probably that first time cuz he was the only droid that was uh that survived when they were yeah. uh, in episode one. So True. What, do, what about you? What do you think? There, I, th- I, because I had time to prep this, I thought about this quite a lot. Um, so I think that there's it, there's two distinct moments, and it depends on which trilogy you watch first. Okay. If you watch the original trilogy first, it's him saying, screw you, C-3PO, and going to the opposite part of the desert <laughs> because he had a mission to save the rebellion and save all hope. Serve and the rebellion. No, Save we are No, anyone who's listened to the Jin Urso episode will know that we referenced that way too much already. <laughs> I had to. You said I understand. It. I understand. But <laughs> um, for me, that because I grew up on the original trilogy, 
that is the hero moment is Mm -hmm. him you know even though it would have been easy for him to just walk away and find civilization and forget that he was owned by the rebels he felt that duty and felt that call to go and make sure that this rebellion lived on and that they destroyed the death star so for me that's his top moment okay in my book but another one that i think is a close second is what you were alluding to earlier which is when r2 saves the nabubian shuttle as they were escaping naboo in episode one yeah um, when he's the only surviving droid i think that that was a great moment as well and even though you saw that it was r2 you could tell it was r2 before it was named r2 yeah you knew he was going to survive but i still felt that that was a great moment yeah and i was thinking at the same time there's a moment in empire i think when the hyperdrive was offline and then R2's like talking to technically L3 because we know from Solo that L3 is the the droid inside the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. and um, he ends up like talking to the ship and then he ends up they're like oh why is the hyperdrive broken and then he they go ahead and punch it so yeah so I thought that was another moment when he saved the day but again in just like in Rise of Skywalker Leia says uh, never underestimate a droid <laughs> true very so, true yeah, definitely. He has a lot of different moments because he is one of the iconics, uh, iconic characters within Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And now our final question, which wasn't a question from different members of the community, but this was actually something that we asked you guys on Twitter, was who is the most helpful droid? And I am very proud to say this, that with 100% of the votes, R2-D2 won it. And I agree completely. Josh? Yes. I agree, too. Um, I mean, C-3PO, thinking about different droids, like C-3PO, he's he's a good character, but he only helps once once or twice. Chopper, I would think he would be like a runner-up uh, because Chopper does save the day, but not as much as R2. Uh, we don't know who's in second place because literally all of our <laughs> community voted for R2. There, it was unanimous. Who who was on the list? It, I, I have to go back and look, but it was Chopper Okay. and I believe BB-8 and then Other, which would be like if you wanted to write in someone. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, R2 definitely. R2, R2 won all of it, so I 100% agree. Yes. <laughs> and another question that I received from Brandon was why does Obi-Wan just disregard C-3PO and R2 in uh, A New Hope or Episode 4? So, Matt, do you want to do you want to answer this? I have my own explanation. Let's So, I don't have a formal answer. I have my opinion. Okay, go ahead. On it, which my opinion is he technically didn't own either of them and he was trying to play it down. He understood what was happening. He didn't know if Luke would come with at this point. He didn't know why they were here at this point. So I think that he was trying to play it cool, calm, and collected and have an explanation ready if he needed to. I think that he does recognize them. Um, obviously, C-3PO doesn't because it's C-3PO. And he got and... he got his mind wiped at the end of Revenge yes, of the Sith. Correct. So. But I think he did recognize R2 as Anakin's droid and also recognize that he knows that R2 went to Organa and knows that this is a cry for help. Yes. And he's trying to play calm. I, I agree. That's my explanation. I, I agree with you. I mean, other than that, I mean, it would be the 
realistic side that you know they didn't know they were making a prequel <laughs> to Star Wars and mm-hmm. they filmed it how it was so but yeah I agree with you in the continuity of episode four and on Tatooine definitely yeah Obi-Wan's trying to play it cool Thank you guys so much for, for participating in those questions. Uh, that's something that we're going to try to do a little bit more often. I think it's great to get the community engaged. Um, and we will discuss things even more after this quick break. Welcome back, everybody, from our short break. Uh, we are still continuing to talk about R2-D2. And, Matt, you want to start us off with it? Yes. So now that we've answered all of the questions from the community, again, we really appreciate you guys submitting them. It makes it a lot of fun to engage with you guys at a deeper level. But so the first thing I have is, is a note that R2-D2 was made by the manufacturer... Ma- manufacturer Industrial mm-hmm. Autonomen. And they are from the homeworld of Nubia. So that means that Artu's official homeworld is Nubia. But he was then quickly sold to Naboo, where he worked as the uh, as a uh, as a droid on the Queen's ship. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, interesting. I mean, yeah, definitely. When was he built? Does it give it a date before Battle of It does not give a date, unfortunately. I mean, why would they give us a date? There could be more stories of him from the High Republic. <laughs> the uh, younger R2-D2? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Freshly off the assembly line, as they say in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. I, I don't know if I'd want to have another R2 show. I think, I think he's good. I think that... He uh, he's played his time really well, and that I'm I'm happy that he's uh, done. Yeah, I I like in the sequel. I mean, I don't know. I I don't like that they didn't like use him a lot, but he was he's was very old. I mean, at least I think he was very old by the time yes. the sequels happened. And I do like that he was like I guess he had like the map to Luke. I mean, that kind of I wish they expanded on. Hit on Luke and his story after Return of the Jedi and what Luke did um, to develop the new Jedi Order. You know, I actually, I don't know. It's very interesting because I never got the vibe from the original. Like, R2-D2 was Luke's buddy. Yeah. I always got that. But I never thought that he would be the one to, to bring him back to the Force, kind of. With the way that he... Luke went on to train Rey was a result of R2 showing you're my only hope, Mm -hmm. which maybe that was because he passed on the message of his sister. Yeah. But Rey mentioned his sister multiple times, Leia, and didn't, he, Luke still said no. He missed his, he missed his R2 buddy. Yeah. So it's like, is R2 really his best? I think R2 is Luke's best friend, but here's, (laughs) just thought of this. You're not wrong. I just thought of this now. Okay. Who is R2's best friend? Ooh. Is it Luke or is it C-3PO, C-3PO or is it Anakin? C-3PO, hands down. Yeah. C-3PO. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you, but it's crazy that 
they're in a okay, most, they're in a love hate relationship. <laughs> they are. They are in very much a love hate relationship. R two had no problem uh, getting rid of C three PO instantly um, on Episode four. Yes, I think so too. But I'd be interested if there was an argument for one of the Skywalkers. I don't think there is. Okay, here let me ask you this. <laughs> Is R2's best friend C-3PO is C-3PO's and or C-3PO's best friend R2? Because it seems like R2 is like a lot of friends and then C-3PO is like, he's kind of lonely. I mean, he's got Padme in in the (laughs) prequels, but after that, I mean, he's still like R2. I I think C-3PO and R2 are each other's best friends. Yeah. I, I think I, I just imagine, except for the fact that C-3PO did not try to save R2 from the Ewoks when he was being made king. That's true, but in episode four, after R2 gets uh, hit by in with a blaster bolt and kind of like oh, a little bit blown up, uh, C-3PO does offer to give some parts to repair yes. R2. So. And not even two hours before then, C-3PO is throwing him under the bus saying, oh, fine, I'm leaving him with the Jawas. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it's a very weird relationship, but I, I agree. I think those two are each other's best friends. But I also think that that means Luke is left out by not having someone be his best friend. Aww. Well, Luke's best friend could be R2, but R2's best friend couldn't be. Correct, R2. correct. So he has no best friend reciprocate. Uh a recipient, which is just... I'll be, now, I'll, now I'm in the I'll be Mark Hamill's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll volunteer. It's okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, mind. Yeah, I don't mind. I'll, I'll go out to California. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Again, one of, my, one of the people I want to meet is Mark Hamill. Yep. Yeah, very much so. That would be amazing. Um, going off, back to R2. Um, so I, another note that I have on here, which was kind of i kind of figured but it's just confirmed that droids can have masculine or feminine programming yes like and so he is defined as a masculine droid yes because qt from clone wars she's like a feminine she's pink and feminine like i don't she's called qt she's called qt yes (laughs) don't get me i forgot i forgot yeah that that episode with the um the when they find gregor yeah. And then they have like the little repair droid. They have R2, QT. Oh, the the droid, the droid squad or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not not my favorite Not episode. the best, but um R2 kind of took a backseat to that one, I got to say. That's fine with me. I mean, he's been in literally everything. Yes. It's it's okay. He doesn't have to be at the forefront consistently. Yeah. But we do know he got his improved rocket boosters from that. <laughs> yes, that's true. Fair point. And then they were subsequently gone. Yes. <laughs> so R2 has seen a lot of things. What do you think R2's favorite experience was, favorite adventure? Like, if you were in the mind of R2 mm-hmm. and you were in episode one, think about it like you are R2. What was your favorite? Like, if there was something that you'd pass on to other people, what would be that one story that you pass on? Okay, before I, I answer that question, I know what he hates. Mm-hmm. He hates staying with the ship. <laughs> <laughs> he never follows that direction. No. I mean, okay, on Mustafar, when Anakin's going to kill all the uh, Seppies, uh, <laughs> uh, R2 does stay with the ship. I mean, it's... Well, that's because he knew that there was going to be others coming. He was, he was making sure that you know Padme landed safely. That's all. 
couple rotations later. <laughs> but uh, I think one of I'm not gonna I don't know a specific. I, I, let me I would probably need a couple seconds just to think about like a specific memory that R two really loves. Mm-hmm. But I know it's got to be from the Anakin era. Definitely you think Anakin. So? Anakin was a fantastic pilot, especially through the Clone Wars and the animated series, because he would go and R2 would have a, his a fun time riding around. And I mean, other than when the buzz droids kicked in, but um, yeah. yeah, I think he would have a, a phenomenal time just flying with Anakin Skywalker. I, I think I know what his least favorite memory is. Okay, go ahead. Above being left by the ship. And that is going to Dagobah. I think that okay. that's his least favorite because yeah. Yoda just is so mean to Yoda him. Yoda hits him with the stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, R2 was trying to steal something. Yeah. So the, Was it the light or was it the food? It was the food. It was the, the food. food. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes no sense. He doesn't need to eat it. So why is he? I think he's trying to save it for Luke. Okay. His master. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So I think that that's probably his least favorite memory. But I think that also ties into his bonding time with Luke. Yeah. And I think that makes it also his greatest memory would be passing on the time that he went to visit an old Harmon in deserted con- or deserted uh, planet of Dagobah where he got attacked repeated or not repeated got attacked by yoda and as well as have to go in and out of a swamp and but that was like their their buddy buddy time that was their time to learn more about each other so i think that that i have a question now okay so you know in like the last season before the season seven of clone wars when r2 and yoda go on like this whole endeavor yeah. The question is, why doesn't Yoda remember <laughs> R2? Okay, to be fair, Yoda is very old at this point. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it past that his memory has gone a little bit downhill. Yeah. <laughs> he still remembers and has connections with the Force very clearly. Yeah. Um, but I don't think like I don't think he's gonna remember an astromech droid from the Clone Wars. You know. Mm-hmm. Since it was not even R2 his. might remember. R2. R2. Well. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch Empire to look out for that. Yeah, I, I don't think that I again, we can chalk that up to planning and not necessarily knowing that that was going to happen. But I I think that R2 and the main reason why Yoda doesn't remember is because Yoda's eight. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And I want I want this to be noted. I don't know about you, Josh, but I basically, so since we've come back from break, all these questions are questions that I have not prepared and just thought of while we started talking. Same, same here, same here. That's the- <laughs> okay, so I'm on the same page. <laughs> I mean, there's so much to talk about R2. Like, things roll off the top of your head because R2 is in so much content. He yeah. is in every single episode. He's in The Clone Wars. He's in, um, he's not in... He is in Rebels. He is in Rebels. He does make an appearance. Where is he um, in Rebels? I totally forget. I, th- I think it's in season two, very early on in season two. Or no, it might be in season one before oh, they're introduced. Yeah, him and Chopper were fighting. That was that's yep, right. Yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, dude, that's R two. You don't mess with R two. Like, yeah, but Char- Chopper's take it easy. Chopper's feisty. Yeah, true. That's another character that would be good to cover. Yeah. Um, going through all of this what we've talked about what we think r2's favorite memory is what's your favorite memory of r2 
Uh, we talked about most memorable, but what's one where even though it might be stupid, it might not be the most memorable or the biggest hero moment, what is your favorite R2 moment, Josh? Oof. Uh, this is, again, on the spot. I am uh, trying to think about it. Um, I got to say probably deliver, de- delivering the, the Death Star plans. I mean, he definitely, that was a long journey for him, and he definitely deserved some recognition. Uh, especially at the end when, uh, you know, they, Luke and Han were getting medals and then he was moving back and forth and beep, super excited, super excited. And then up. C-3PO, yeah. his best friend again, uh, <laughs> touches his, his forehead and says, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey, simmer, simmer. It's okay to be excited, but you're making me look real dumb over here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> other than that, I think Clone Wars, something in the Clone Wars, there's so much with him in the Clone Wars that he's just. There's there's a, there's too much to think, but yeah. Yeah. What about you? My favorite memory is actually when we first meet R two, which is in Episode four, when him and C three PO have to go across the hall where the with the rebels and the stormtroopers. It's just hilarious. That is a good moment. I don't know if that's intended for co- comedic relief, but I actually just start laughing at this point when I watch it because I'm just like that is so. Like they would get blasted. It's it's a comedic I with the relief. And the force is with me. Yes, <laughs> they probably were like, "This worked on Scarif. Let's <laughs> let's try this." <laughs> yeah. But that's a even though that that's a silly moment. That is that is probably my favorite R two moment because it just also I don't know about you, Josh, and I don't know if you thought about mm-hmm. this. If you watch Star Wars for the first time, you watch all of these humans die to these white stormtroopers that might be droids you don't really know what they are like it, it, imagine that you're a kid watching star wars for the first time yeah and until about what is it 10 15 minutes in when luke first shows up you are under like the thought that r2 and c3po are the main characters because they're the first characters you meet that's true that's true maybe and they're the only ones that survive right now like at at that point in the movie what do you think Mm -hmm. if you were watching this movie in theaters in 1977 and you thought this movie is going to be about two droids survival and do you think that it's going to center on two story two droids one a super anxious one and one that just beeps and boops the entire time would i continue watching star wars is that the question yeah i'm Um, I'm like yeah i mean it's sci-fi uh i it would depend on like what the story arc would, but it would be like a comedic <laughs> thing at that point. Um, yeah, there was a uh, Simon Pegg and um, ooh, what's his face? Uh, they did like a comedic R two and C three PO. Oh, Nick Frost. I know what you're talking Nick about. Frost. Yes, yes, and, yes. Um, <laughs> so you know, it'd kind of be like that. At least it would be going in my head. But again, go, playing off Doctor Who since Doctor Who's been off, like it's been uh, active for fifty something years. I think mm-hmm. like applying that since uh star wars came after doctor who i'd still be into science fiction because of doctor who yes no matter what it would be that's fair that's fair what what about you Um, what about you (laughs) what do you think i thought about this a little bit and i'm not one to walk out on movies like midway through so i think i would finish it i like to think that there was enough star wars like enough sci-fi and star wars-esque stuff that I would I would stay and continue watching. Yeah. Um. I if you the listener out there were from that time period when it first released before any knowledge of Star Wars ever happened, 
So if you saw the movie in theaters in 1977, we want to hear from you. And let us know if you thought, if you remember thinking R2-D2 and C-3PO were the stars of the movie. Mm -hmm. I'd be very interested to see if people thought that. Yeah, I would be interested too. Especially with how limited the trailers were. They were, I don't know if you remember when they were trying to advertise for it. It was a bunch of thrown together footage and it did not look clean and it didn't even give like a true view of the story Mm -hmm. and so i want you you couldn't get a sense of who the main character was so i wonder if people thought that this was what it was going to be about (laughs) r2 recording it's just a hologram from r2 that's that's all star wars (laughs) (laughs) it cuts out there (laughs) oh that's good so i have another question so i know you do not like the rise of skywalker um Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of Poe having R2 in the back of his X-Wing instead of BB-8? Betrayal. Betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> Betrayal for BB-8. I, I bet BB-8 was thinking, what? who's this guy? He's just like you're trying to he's like square up for a fight or something. I understand that they wanted to tie off everyone's story arc. Yeah. I just kind of always associated Poe with BB-8. And actually, I kind of considered Rey to be more of the R2. So I thought Rey and R2 should have been the buddies in the sequels versus having BB-8 with Rey as much as they did. Thinking about it, does Poe accidentally or does Poe lose BB-8 and then Rey found him? Yep. So what the question is, Whose property is it? Is it the resistance? Is it Pose? <laughs> is it Rays? I think that that, that thing that's going to be going into the BB-8 episode, but I think it's the resistance. And then Poe was assigned, and it's kind of like, you know, Luke, who was te- technically R2 because it was the property of Organa, and then it was being used by the Rebellion, and then it just became basically Luke's astromech yeah. because Luke was the one that was fighting. It's like a connection with the with the person if you have a connection with the droid you're going to perform a little bit better when it comes to you know fighting so i think here's the the sequence right so okay. you, you have nabu the the royal guard you could say has r2 yep. then they go to tatooine and then r2 is still padme's pretty much and then yep still property of the royal yes guard. and then after that episode two we could say that padme and our, uh, Padme gets C-3PO, which Anakin built, and then R2 get, goes to Anakin as like a little trade, as like showing their love and interchange between the, the two recipients, right? They were the only two witnesses to the wedding, that, too. That's true. And then still in episode three until the end, when Padme dies, and I guess technically Anakin dies, um, they both end up in or- Organa's custody. House Organa. Yeah, House Organa. And then technically then goes to leia and then leia to to the jawas <laughs> i got through the jawas in there and then the then to luke so who is technically r2's owner yeah that's a good question because when you think about it luke abandons everyone and leia still has r2 r2 so, uh, so it has to be leia's property by the end of it and then well then leia passes away well uh, i think it's still luke's luke just end up ends up Cause... No, because Luke's gone. So who's the rightful owner at the end of Rise of Skywalker of R two, or is oh. R two its own his own independent droid at this point? I don't know what 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 happens to R two after the is is Poe gonna take him? 
No, no, no. Poe's got BB-8. I, I have to believe Poe's got BB-8. Okay. I think I think R2 and Rey, if if it were to continue, if we were to see a 10, not saying I want that, I think that the movies need to stop for a little bit, and we should focus on the TV shows. Yeah. But I think it would be Rey and R2 I think, if it were to continue. I think... Uh, uh... <laughs> or he's retired and turns to scrap. Or... I mean, we could go down that route. Or route he just becomes really a... Ghost uh, Luke comes back and <laughs> hangs out with R2. <laughs> yeah. Well, that also is like, so most R2 droids, from what I've read on the Wikipedia, they do get tapes, like scrapes for parts because there's just newer, better technology. As you saw, BB-8 had way cooler technology. I mean, they, he didn't have as much like gadgets, Yeah. but he was way more advanced. You can see that he was with the with the times, I guess you could Faster call. operating system. Yes, yes. So it's noted that the reason that R2 was not destroyed and rebuilt along with C-3PO is for the role that they played in the rebellion mm-hmm. and that they he was like supposed to continue leaving. So does that mean that R2 is going to permanently stay alive in the in the Star Wars universe because they have to remember the rebellion? Yeah, is that, I can, is that, I can is see he, it. I'll be okay is with he it. a living statue at this point? Like I, Instead of just creating a regular statue, they're like, no, we already have R2. We can just put him into low rest mode or whatever it was called, and he'll stay there permanently as a statue. I'm, I'm okay, you know, as long as they don't sell him for scraps or deconstruct him or anything like that. I'm okay with him just being like a statue and uh, just being there with with uh, c-3po i i like to imagine that r2 and c-3po like after because the resistance won and now it's gonna become another probably democracy of some sort i like to think that r2 and c-3po are like just done with it done with <laughs> all the fighting and they're trying to find their like retired planet to, no they're, they're yeah they're like trying to find their like resort planet to like hang out the rest of their days at a droid and just like a droid drinking. planet where they get a bunch of uh uh decarbon baths and <laughs> and oil and and oil, oil on tap yeah <laughs> i wonder where that would be i i feel like out of all the atmospheres we see the most pleasant one for droids would definitely be alderaan but alderaan's gone yeah i mean they could go back to naboo coruscant they don't want to go sand because you saw that it was uh, really yeah. messing with uh his innards yeah. i don't think they want to go back to coruscant because that's memory of anakin Mm-hmm. So maybe Alderaan would have been the safest bet, but it's gone. Oof, big oof. Yeah, I'm putting this in the feels here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that like derailed everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> um, there's only one way to go, and that is I was gonna say commercial break, but I actually don't think that we really need a commercial break because I don't have anything else for this episode josh do you have anything else you want to cover related to r2d2 i think we covered a lot i mean there's so much to the character that we can talk probably you know long time about specific episodes or anything like that but i think we're doing a great job of just covering general information and answering different questions that we noticed so yeah i think i think we can wrap up soon i i agree with that i mean i don't think that I think that people who are listening to this know a fair amount of R2 and anything that they missed from the TV shows that they were in, he was already a minor character as is that I don't believe you really mm-hmm. did miss a lot as a result of it. Um, so I think that we covered everything we want to hit. It was, a, it was a long recording, but it was a lot of fun, especially thank you to everyone who did submit questions. 
um, for future notice, if people want to be partake in our, you know, questions that we have that we want to ask people, um, you can find us on Facebook. We are Want to Be Jedi Podcast. We're a page on there, so feel free to like us on that, and then you can ask questions through there. You can send us a message. We're pretty responsive. I like to think. Um, we also have a Twitter, which is where we post a lot of our poll questions, and that is at Wannabe Jedi Cast. We're still going with this more plug, so get ready. And we also have an Instagram at Wannabe Jedi Podcast, where we post some pretty cool pictures of various Star Wars things that we have, behind the scenes footage. Everyone loves behind the scenes footage. Mm-hmm. You know them, right? Um, so you can find us on there. And then finally, check out our website. It is wannabejedipodcast.com. And there you can get some bios on us. We have our episodes on there as well. Um, And we're looking to maybe expand a little bit of that as well. So we appreciate you guys so much. It's been a crazy, what, Josh, we've been recording for now like a month and a week. Yeah, it's been Um, crazy. It's been crazy. We've gotten really good response from everyone, and we really appreciate that. So please continue to do that. Yeah, thank you to all the listeners out there. And all of the community and everyone involved with this. It's been fantastic. So we will see you guys all all a later today if you're tuning in on may the 4th because we are doing the clone wars final episode special and then we will also see you on wednesday for josh we are going to be talking about captain phasma (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're going to talk about her um another sequel character um we don't really talk about her sequel characters that much but she's a she's an interesting one that we'll probably have mixed feelings towards um i think we will definitely have mixed feelings towards how we feel about <laughs> phasma but we will save that for wednesday so we appreciate you guys checking it out make sure to follow us on all the social medias that we already said and give us a rate or review if you're on apple podcast that helps out the podcast a lot as well so we will see you guys all on wednesday take care everyone may the fourth be with you. Ha! <laughs> <laughs>